Stand by for action. Thanks for joining me. My name is Dave Milner. I am the Unpleasant Blind Guy, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Unpleasant Blind Guy on the Exceptional Conservative Show. Now remember, if you want to contact me with comments, questions, show suggestions, awesome American suggestions, I'm available at UBG Contact on Twitter, or I can also be found as Dave Milner or Agador, that's A-G-G-E-D-O-R, on Mublet, the Tea Party Community, Spreely, Minds, MeWe, or Gab. Now let's begin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Exceptional Conservative Show live from the nation's capital. There is never a unwarranted moment here. I can assure you that. Dave Milner is with us tonight. He is the unpleasant blind guy, although he's truly one of the most pleasant men you will ever meet. Dave Milner, conservative commentator. You'll find him on Urban uh, forgive me, uh, forgive me, <laughs> Family Talk. I was thinking of the chat room there. Uh, you will find him uh, at SHR Media uh, and also on English Defense League, EDL, on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays and Sundays at 3.30 p.m. Without further ado, want to introduce some present to others the great Dave Milner. Good evening, <laughs> sir. Good evening to you, Ken. I hope you are well and blessed, brother. Well and blessed indeed. Always great to have you here. Now, I, I wanted to start off tonight. You've listened to my rant right here about the fact that cities and states that receive millions, billions of dollars from the federal government to prepare for crises were unprepared for this particular crisis. And I wanted to get your thoughts regarding, because Donald Trump is getting an excessive amount of blame. Nobody's taking a look at these governors and these mayors. Am I right? Well, you know what that makes me think of immediately? That makes me think of the city of New Orleans. Remember, uh, 2005, when everybody was blaming President Bush for the terrible aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. And they kept doing that until people began to um, hear about all of the money that was funneled down into New Orleans for levy construction, rather maintenance and things of that nature. And the money wound up going into uh, into city officials' pockets. So that's where the yeah. money wound up going into. So I think you're going to see a similar situation here. I think there are politicians all across this great land of ours who are looking upon this as a golden opportunity to make a lot of money for themselves uh, while engaging in the ever um, long-lasting practice of blowing sunshine up their voters' gluteus maximi. <laughs> well said, well said. This I got to ask you on this particular question is regarding a conversation I had earlier with a leftist tyrant, Michael Brown, <laughs> regarding illegal aliens being able to get stimulus checks from the state of California. A. Now, it may not be the same amount of money, but nonetheless, do you think it's the right idea for a state to be giving <laughs> stimulus check money to an illegal? Well, how California is able to stimulate anything at this point is beyond me. I don't know how many years they've been underwater as far as their budget goes. 
So yeah. how they're able to actually fund any of this stuff, I have no idea. It, of course, it's not right for that to happen. But they need to fuel those potential 2020 voters. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I see it. Exactly. Grease the wheels while you can. <clears throat> we got the news today. I had estimated $6 million. It came under that 5.5 million individuals filed for the first time for unemployment. We talk about numbers that America has never seen, absolutely never seen. Uh, and people point back to 1982 with President Reagan. Yeah, and those numbers aren't even close. And they even talk about the Great Depression, and those numbers are not even close to the fact that we have nearly 22 million Americans who will be unemployed with a potential 5 million more next week. So you're looking at about 27 to 30 million people unemployed. When you think of that, do you think of it in the magnitude of coronavirus or do you think in the magnitude of just economic disparity? How, how do we see this? Well, you can't have the one without the other. That The virus itself wasn't the problem. The problem was... In our doing what Bernie Sanders wanted, you recall his first press conference when all this began, and he basically said, well, President Trump needs to listen to scientists. He needs to listen to scientists. <laughs> and so he did, and he listened to the scientists that said, okay, let's have a reverse idea to something that has worked for, in our recorded history here in the United States, well over a 100 years. I'm talking about recorded and annotated and everything else, and around the rest of the world for thousands of years. Let's have a reverse quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. It's new, it's now, it's wow. It's a, we got this information from Imperial College in the UK. They're scientists. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, there are Stanford scientists that say that's not a good idea. Ah, don't listen to them. Hey, you know, let's let's do it this way, this new and different and cool way. And that is what has caused this, this economic disaster. Not just here, but the UK is saying that they're looking at the worst economy and how the heck they're managing to measure this, I'll never know, in 300 years. Uh, the one has really caused the other when it comes to our response to this epidemic, uh, or as I see it, our response to this virus that was let out of the Chinese lab, and where we are now. We just did the exact opposite of what we should have done, and now we're going to be dealing uh, with this for months and possibly years afterward, because our healthy population has been stuck inside, and we have not developed the herd immunity, which we did develop after the Spanish flu and after other diseases such as scarlet fever, typhoid, and, and other such diseases like that, and cholera and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. We are not making ourselves hardier with this, and this is just going to cost us economically, not only now, but down the road, our workforce must be healthy. And we've done the exact opposite of what scientifically proven over the centuries we should have done. Now, you deal with, through the English Defense League, the European Union. And uh -huh. Germany 
is getting a lot of credit for opening up businesses and also secondary schools as of May 3rd. But there are other countries there that have not done what the U.S. did, Sweden being one of them. It was the most permissive of the large economies. Restaurants and schools are open. Uh, there is a ban on gatherings of more than 50 people, of course. But how many actually live in those churches now in Europe? So you have a lot of countries in Europe that are beginning to open up, beginning to do something. But the U.K. isn't. Tell me, what the heck's going on <laughs> with the U.K.? Why is there no plan? Well, from what I'm reading, Bobo, Boris Johnson, is trying to come up with a plan. Um, and, of course, he just came out of about with the Wuhan virus himself. And yeah. uh, his team is working on some kind of a plan. But you still see the government over there saying that it'll very likely be uh, between early to mid-May before they can even talk about doing anything concerning opening up their country. They do seem to follow us in a lot of measures and means, which that right there, Ken, should be an indicator as to why people should not blame President Trump for his handling of this Wuhan virus, or rather this um, bio-attack, really, from the Chinese. And I, I don't care if anybody thinks I'm a conspiracy theorist. That virus was either released from that lab intentionally, or it was let out of that lab through gross incompetence which I tend to believe the first because the second is just hardly ever done. Everybody has labs of this type, including us. All right. Mm -hmm. um, but the UK economy is being heavily impacted by this. They know it. And they really feel the people are preparing to revolt over this, uh, just yeah. as we are doing here in the United States. And it's something that I've been loving to see. But it is, it is fascinating to watch from their perspective. We had on a video on English Defense League Radio, an audio to the video, of a an independent journalist in the UK who was following up stories that had been printed in local papers concerning the whole social distancing, lockdown, stay inside thing. And what they had reported in the local papers was that the mosques were still up and running, still doing great. The Mohammedans were still out in the parks praying, and their leaders said, just boldly and brazenly, yeah, we're going to keep it up. We're going to keep on doing it. And he was preparing. He had uh, filed a complaint with the police about this, and he was preparing to go out and see if anything was being done about this. And he got a nice visit from the police, telling him that if he went out as an independent journalist and tried to follow up on this, that he might be in violation of the law. Nothing about them, but him violating the law. So we have a people in the UK who are frustrated because there is a double standard going on concerning Christians, Jewish people, and Mohammedans. Mm. And over here in the United States, we have churches which were shuttered on Easter Sunday, and we had churches that had nails put in their driveways on Easter Sunday. And the people are ready to batter down the walls of their prison, okay? The U.K. doesn't have a plan yet because we don't have a plan yet. All we're doing right now is just talking. 
I know President Trump has, has lined up some uh, things that he wants to uh, see done before we can open up the country again. The specific that caught my eye, Ken, and I know you have this story as well, is that states will have to have a 14-day period of declining numbers in these cases. And that's very likely going to be mid-May, but I'm telling you, from what I'm seeing in the protests here in the States and in the way the people of the UK reacted over Easter weekend, they just went out into the parks and there just weren't enough cops to arrest them all. Um, (laughs) We're we're done with talk. We're ready for action. You know, I I want to, that 14 day situation in, in which governors have to give a little leeway in terms of gating their way into the system Here's my problem with all of that 14-day lag time. You have a city like New York that has begun using presumed deaths as a calculated number of COVID-19 deaths, meaning that individuals may not have died of that particular thing, but they could have, and as a result of them could having, those numbers are not going down. So I have this imagination because we know that the World Health Organization worked with the uh, United Kingdom universities uh, that put together the numbers along with Johns Hopkins University. Uh, Amazing, isn't it? And they skewed those numbers almost to the nth degree. If you have the kind of power and authority that these governors and mayors now have, wouldn't you skew the numbers to make sure that you stayed in that kind of power for a more lengthy time period? Well, that's why I asked on Twitter, now going on a couple of weeks ago, whether we could really trust the numbers coming out of New York. Now, um, (laughs) just think about this for a moment, especially your viewers. All right. Think about this, guys. You have a Democrat governor in New York that, for all intents and purposes, is very likely a front runner, if not for the Veep spot, then certainly to replace Joe Biden when he has an unfortunate health lapse at the Democrat convention. You have a Democrat governor. You have a Democrat mayor of New York City. You have Democrats all around them. There is there is no one around them who is prepared to blow the whistle on them if they do monkey with these numbers. President Trump on the other hand, has plenty of people around him from the Obama administration, people who would are more than willing to blow the whistle on him if he puts a foot wrong or if it can be perceived that he's put a foot wrong. In a very real sense, Ken, and your viewers, New York State slash New York City is much like China in one respect. China slash New York is right. China slash New York's numbers can always be depended upon. China slash New York does not want to look bad. China slash New York is always to be believed. And those who would violate that covenant of the rulers of China slash New York will not be tolerated. Exactly. Exactly. Miss Intern, uh, and I want to thank you so much for watching, Miss Intern. Ms. Intern has a question for you, Dave. Uh, she asked, 
well, she makes a statement, UK and other EU nations allow Sharia law. That's why the mosques are open, correct? It's a question. The UK laws are null and void in Sharia law ruled areas. Question mark. You know, that's a fascinating question. And it is one that I had not thought of before. And thank you, uh, Miss Intern, or Ms. Intern, whichever you prefer to be called. It is not so much that Sharia law is enshrined in the legal systems of many European countries, but it is allowed. All right. There is a subculture in Europe, which is the Mohammedan culture. And this also is true of the UK where they go their own way and yet they are also a part of the state. This is why you can have mosques full of people in the UK when the churches are emptied. This is why you can have mass prayers in the streets in Paris where everybody else has to uh, has to stay home. So yes, yeah, it is a very strange relationship between Sharia law and how Europe and the UK have chosen to kind of intertwine each other, and it is also the basic danger. But there is good news for people who might want to go to Europe. The Visegrad countries are not involved in that mess at all. Jeff Mitchell found a great story. The country of Slovakia has not allowed the building of one single mosque. It is uh, it is really fantastic there. They have not allowed that. Other Visegrad countries do not allow uh, so much of the Sharia to be practiced, and they have not taken in all of the migrants from the Islamic countries that the rest of the European Union has. And as a result, they are much better off in every sense than the rest of these European countries, including the UK. Not only their Wuhan virus numbers are probably lower, I can't prove that, but I'm pretty sure that they are. Their terrorism numbers are very much lower. They can actually celebrate Christmas without having to worry about Allahu Akbar bombers coming through mm -hmm. um, because they know what tyranny looks like from having been a part of the old Soviet Union. So they do not feel the need to be a part of the tyranny of Sharia law or having a state that will ignore the practices of Sharia, such as the rape jihad gangs that have been going on in those areas. So yes, thank you for that question. It's a great one, and it is one that will have an impact on how fast and how much this virus gets spread among the peoples of those states. Exactly. Listen, uh, I'm not going to have a lot of time to get into this with you because we're going to break away. But, and I want to thank you, and I love you, brother, for coming on every Thursday night at 1020 p.m. You do a Yemen's work. Uh, <laughs> and Bonnie Williams says, love you, Dave. Love you, you too, fan. Bonnie. <laughs> you got a fan club. <laughs> Uh, we love you, man. We really appreciate what you do in terms of breaking down this news from foreign lands so that people can better understand it with your commentary based on your work with English Defense League. But here's the the question of the night, and I'm going to give you two minutes to answer it virtually. <laughs> there are sources that believe that the coronavirus outbreak originated in a Wuhan lab as part of China's efforts to compete with the U.S., and then there are those who say that it came from a bat in a wet market in Wuhan. Does it matter? 
and why? Now, that, that's a very interesting question in and of itself, too. Does it matter? Because everybody has their opinion about where this virus came from. The best knowledge that I've been able to dig up is that it, it originated in bats because bats are just nasty critters. Yes, whether they they're whether they're in in Asia or over here, um, uh, over here in in te- in Austin, Texas, where uh, I spent nine years living, um, you know they they have rabies, they have bats that have rabies and things of that nature. Bats are just nasty little disease carriers. They carry SARS as well, and okay, the best knowledge I have is that the particular bats that the Wuhan virus came from did not come from anywhere near Wuhan. Now, that doesn't mean that they were imported live to a uh, a live animal market in or near Wuhan. It doesn't mean that. The viri might have just been under testing in one of these labs. But really, in the end, Ken, no. I don't think that it matters. I don't think that it matters at all. What matters is the impact that this had. Now, whether the Chinese let it out on purpose of the labs or not, or lab or not, is irrelevant. What happened after that is extremely relevant. After that, they jailed and otherwise punished doctors who tried to warn their own people about this. They expelled journalists and deleted stories when they were writing about this long before it ever came to the United States, and they allowed infected people to travel to the United States. So to me, this is a clever form of bio-warfare, and people can call me a conspiracy theorist all they want, because I'm about to go on vacay, because if I hear the term flatten the curve too many more times, I am going to go out onto North Street and let the North Avenue bus run over my head, okay? I'm... (laughs) done with hearing it. <laughs> so, Dave, and I love you, man, and we're thankful we look forward to your return on the 7th of May, but I, I gotta say this to you in, in agreement with you. The whole idea that human beings has something to do with flattening the curve is just simply insane. Absolutely <clears throat> terrifyingly insane. And I, I was told by Mrs. Biggs earlier this week that it makes people feel good when they think they've done something. Wearing a mask makes people feel good. And the whole concept here is, have we become a feel-good country that can't deal with reality? That is the most dangerous (laughs) compilation that we could possibly face as we are the greatest nation on the face of the earth. We have a bunch of feelers and not a bunch of thinkers. And now, look at the shape that we're in. Dave Milner, we mm. love you, man. The Unpleasant Blind Guy, you can find him at SHR Media. Love you too, kid. God bless uh, you, brother. God bless you. You can also find him, ladies and gentlemen, at English Defense League. And that is it for this time. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. And may your God go with you. Goodbye. The Unpleasant Blind Guy is copyright 2020. Anno Domini. Now for Dave's Canes. Extras that help you. Navigate the new media world. 
the dream deferred is real. You've been waiting for the Exceptional Conservative Network, and now it's here. Go to theexceptionalconservativeshow.com. Tune in and get the best in urban conservative talk. Stop dreaming. It's real. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Southern Sense is conservative talk with Annie, the radio chick you bellas as host and C.S. Bennett co-host. Informative, fun, irreverent, and politically incorrect. You never know where they'll go, but you'll love the journey. Annie is a top conservative host on Top Talk Radio and features some of the finest guests packed with important politicians and newsmakers. Listen every Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern, noon to 3 Pacific on the SHR Media Network. Remember, Southern Sense is common sense. It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. From a public locker inside a dilapidated Long Island rail station comes a show designed to piss off liberals using truth, facts, and ridicule. The Lid Radio Show, featuring the conservative voice from the People's Republic of New York. The Lid himself, Jeff Dummett. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the SHR Media Network. Go to shrmedia.com. At Lid Radio, we fight for the truth, justice, and a good kosher T-bone. If you don't listen, Hillary Clinton might sneak into your bedroom in her housecoat late at night and blame you for her election loss. It's the Lid Radio Show with Jeff Dunnett. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Good evening. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, the bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon radio show is featured on the SHR Media Network every Tuesday and Thursday night for two hours at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Pacific. Whilst manufacturers are running out of metal for the diapers of the leftists, BZ continues to radically change the world of leftists, one diaper at a time. Stop balancing your checkbooks. Stop cleaning your fish tanks. The bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show is your magnet for truth, justice, obesity, a darkened studio, and late-night freedom. No United States of America freedoms were abridged in the making of this ad. This is Shannon Wright. And this is Michael Wright. Reminding you to listen to The Right Way with Shannon and Mike. Every Monday through Thursday. 7 to 9 a.m. Right here on shrmedia.com. Join me, Jack Alexander, for the Jack Alexander Experiment podcast. As I take a unique outsider's look at the issues affecting the USA. I fearlessly take on the issues that everyone else is too scared to touch. The Jack Alexander Experiment podcast is available wherever good podcasts can be found, like Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast. The Jack Alexander Experiment, 
Because it's not a matter of left versus right, it's a matter of right versus wrong. After six years covering terror and corruption, the Unpleasant Blind Guy is making a change. I'm Dave Milner. Join me on Spreaker and YouTube through SHR Media and on the Western Free Radio Network as I team up with Jeff Mitchell, host of the English Defense League radio show on blogtalkradio.com. Check show pages for airtimes. It's the Unpleasant Blind Guy. On EDL Radio. There's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Featuring the effervescent contrarian Sackheads Clint, plus the unrestrained bulbosity of BZ, the Sackheads Against Tyranny is a real chat show. Doubling your late-night conservative talk show pleasure with double the hosts, you can listen every Wednesday night at 8pm Pacific, 11pm Eastern. Please note, some contents may have settled during shipping. Member FDIC, batteries not included, warranty void in Montenegro. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network.